Hello there, Defenders Podcast listeners. This is a quick update from Claire. Um, Apologies, there was no episode last week. This was due to um, a situation out of our control. And this episode is posting slightly late this week. uh, The episode was recorded before um, Christmas Day, uh, but it is being released a little late. Hopefully this won't happen again, but we will keep you guys posted. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. podcast the fan podcast about the marvel netflix series i'm claire i'm mel i'm matt i'm tammy we have a jason with us and and our listeners might might be like huh you're too you're like a week late yes apologies we didn't have an episode last week there was a lot of stuff going on in the real world you know um, as it is in non-defenders world but as we have such an awesome guest as as jason we thought we're going to pleasure delay the audience for a week oh is it raining <laughs> <laughs> jason is it raining down the, the microphone sorry i uh it's okay. there's there's a ceiling fan going <laughs> that's fine um, yeah, so we, we pleasure delayed the audience uh, in anticipation of your guest spot, Jason, because that's how awesome we think you are. Yay! Well, hopefully I don't disappoint. <laughs> never, never! So, obviously, this is your second time on the podcast. Were you on for Jessica Jones and Daredevil? I think it Isn't was... Two? I think it was Jessica Jones... And then, yeah, and you weren't on for Dead Over Season 2. So this is your return, obviously, because Luke Cage is now, you know, full, full-time member of the show. Um, but have you seen all of Luke Cage so far? Oh, I watched it the entire... Um, it came out that that midnight, that Friday, and I was yeah. done by midnight. <laughs> <laughs> then did you sit and just let out a very satisfied... <sighs> I did. It was literally. It, I really. I have to put it in the same box as when I watched Luther. Like it's just. Wow. It's a very. It's a very satisfying place to be. Nice. nice. Um, very cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Although my emotions are conflicted because now I'm like, if only those Luther and Luther and Luke Cage could be in the same show together. <laughs> I I would totally have Mike Coulter and Idris Elba hanging out, but I don't know if uh, I could take yeah. it. Amazing. <laughs> and then if they both like decided to take on the purple man, so you threw a bit of David Tennant in there as well. There oh we boy. <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's a three-way. I'd watch an entire episode of just them talking to one another. Oh, that would be that would be a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, so I only have like a teeny tiny bit of news for you guys this week. Um, well, actually, no, there's another bit. They've apparently confirmed the the cast of. Um, Avengers Infinity War Part 1, well, Part 1 and 2, and confirmed that Captain Marvel will be introduced in that film, which is cool news. Um, but there's no mention of Spider-Man being in the film. 
But I imagine that, you know, there might be um, characters turn up that we're not expecting. I don't imagine they're going to tell us all the surprises. No. So, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably not. But then again, depending on how well this uh, new Spider-Man movie does, which I think is going to be amazing, mm-hmm. um, he might, he might get a little spot in there because I think this will be the Peter Parker that we that we've all wanted and just haven't got yet. Yeah, and it's um, we've got a different villain, we've got a different love interest because they're like we can't do Gwen Stacy again, we can't do Mary Jane again. So by the looks of it, it's going to be Liz Osborne. Uh, which actually links in with with Daredevil as everything does, but um, I yeah I mean it's Marvel's got Spider Man back so I'm interested to see what they do with him. Um, as we know, Spidey not my favourite, but we'll see. I just want him and Daredevil sitting in a bar getting drunk like they do in the comics. <laughs> It'd be adorable, even though Spidey would be well under underage. No, and- I the only the only comic mashup I need to see is is Tony Stark and Doctor Strange high-fiving because they are brothers <laughs> in the Goatee Club. <laughs> that would be awesome. Like, that needs to happen. Um, I did I did get a little bit of news um, about the Spider-Man film, which is Vincent D'Onofrio has publicly stated that the Kingpin will not show up in Homecoming. Of course. Uh, in Spider-Man Homecoming. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, it would be a bit weird. I can't imagine Spider-Man going up against... Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. Um, he's also said that he um, there's not a chance that he will be appearing in the Defenders series, um, but he does know when he will be due to return. So I'm assuming Daredevil season three, maybe, hmm. maybe, maybe. Yeah, I you know I don't as much as I love Vincent D'Onofrio as the as the Kingpin, I feel that we need to take a break from him because I mean. We still have to set up some of the hardest characters in the Marvel Universe to set up, right? We've got Iron Fist. We've only got a little bit of Doctor Strange. We still need some more Luke Cage. And we and we definitely have to build up the relationship between Luke Cage and Jessica Jones that we all know is coming, but it hasn't gotten there yet. And their relationship means a whole lot to the Marvel Universe. And, so, and a whole lot to me as well. Yeah, so we've got to get all that stuff settled. I wouldn't be surprised if once we're maybe like, you know, Daredevil season three or season four, maybe Luke Cage season two, two, you know, two and three, Jessica Jones two or three, is when we start seeing them in the broader Marvel universe. That would be awesome. I, I'm okay for them not to be in it for now. It'd be cool to have a little shot of them running around in Hell's Kitchen fighting things in Avengers Infinity War, but I don't need them to be a major part of it. Um, I don't think. Uh, there was actually a photo also released of Sigourney Weaver filming The Defenders. Mm. And obviously, we don't know who she's playing, but judging from the photo, she's playing Lady sitting at a table having dinner because <laughs> that was what the photo was of. Ellen Ripley. So, oh, the return of Ellen Ripley. <laughs> uh. um, yeah, so no, no idea who she's playing, but okay. Cool. While we're talking yeah. off-topic stuff, I was at the uh, I was looking at toys the other day, <laughs> buying toys, nice. and uh, I saw a Misty Knight toy. <gasps> yeah. What was it like? Like old school Misty Knight? I just sent a picture. Um, it's a recent toy. I I, just, I was just surprised because I thought she'd be too small to. Well, I've got a Typhoid Mary action figure, and uh, Typhoid Mary's not that big. Oh, that's so nice! (laughs) Typhoid Mary's even more obscure. (laughs) Yeah, 
Yes, I like that outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Misty Knight's so freaking awesome. Uh, I will say now as well, talking about this episode we're going to go into, um, when I was w- watching the episodes, I was chatting with Rebecca, one of our listeners, and both of us were saying we have never wanted someone to lose their arm more in anything. I know. Like every five minutes, I was like, oh, chop that freaking arm off. Come on, robo arm. Because then, then she could do stuff like this, where I just sent another picture of that toy. <laughs> where she it looks like she she's like, backhanding bullseye. Somebody took this toy nice. and posed it. In the <laughs> oh, I'd love to see her backhanding bullseye with her. <laughs> That's sweet. funny. She looks like she's like just like bored with it too. Meh. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like Luke in this episode as well, when he's just like hitting people. It's great. He does it in a very bored manner. Meh. There was a very cute little um, promo released for the Marvel Netflix shows for Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage called Wreck the Halls, and it was a little Christmas themed one, and it was just basically them beating the shit out of people. But it was it wasn't any new footage. I see. It was just all clips from the shows. It was very cute. Cool. So now I'm going to rest my voice for a bit and I'm going to say, Tammy Tam Tams. Yo. What? <laughs> yo. <laughs> What's happening? What music do you have? Uh, what music fun facts do you have for us this week? Uh, let's see. So this week uh, the title is Now You're Mine, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That's the one. Sorry, I took uh, these notes a couple, like two weeks ago, so. Yeah, we're going to be a bit like. <laughs> So, uh, the lyrics I chose was, you'll feel pain, you strained, put together some strategy, but you're raggedy. And I'll be glad to see that frown, frown on your grill when I drill and thrill. Set up my offense, commence to kill. I'll be leading from beginning to end. And after I pound you, you're going to want to make friends and make amends for the silly trash talking you were doing. Uh, so, this is more, <laughs> to me, uh, more uh, Diamondback talking to Luke (laughs) because that's pretty much what he did all episode. But what I really liked was the story behind this song because this um, rap is from the movie White Man Can't Jump. Oh, okay. And so really if you listen and read all the lyrics, it's a lot of basketball-based lyrics. (laughs) And we got a reference to Wesley Snipes in this episode, didn't we? Did we get reference? Yeah, I think so. But uh, yeah, so – it was kind of like when I was reading the lyrics, I'm like, there's a lot of basketball in, this, in these lyrics. I'm not sure what I'm going to take from this. Um, but what I liked was there was this story about Guru and Premier of Gangstar. And apparently they had gotten into this huge fight, like a fist fight, like beating each other up. They were both all bloody and gross. And they had gotten to this fight right before they were supposed to record this um this rap and they did not want to record the rap together, <laughs> but they had already been paid uh, and were already under contract. So they had to. So while there's all these like uh, premier tells the story of how like they went into the studio and he even had bandages on his head. Like guru came in with bandages on his head on his head because it was just like such a mess. And so there's all these lyrics about basketball down the lane in your eye, 360 dunk in your face. And all that, he said, was about him. Uh, Guru, oh. and he, like, as Guru was rapping, he just kept looking Premier straight in the face while he was rapping. And um, he did everything in one take and tells Premier, is that good? He said, yeah. And then Guru just said, fuck you, and walked out. <laughs> and, that was the and it was the 
first fight they had ever had with each other. So, but he said, but a dope record came out of it. So there you go. <laughs> Did they make up after it though? They made up after. So I just, I just thought it was a funny like story to go along with it. Yes. I was like, what the hell? Like, why? <laughs> what was I? Totally forgot that they were on the soundtrack for White Men Can't Jump. So um, there was that. The other music stuff was. Um, uh, obviously, Dusty Springfield, son of a preacher man. Yeah, and she was known as the blue-eyed soul singer, and that's what Diamondback references um, when he starts playing the song. So, very good. So that that was it for music. Not a lot of music happened in Harlem Paradise this week. Oh, Tammy, just uh, wait until next week. Um, what? I'm waiting. No spoilers. No spoilers, Jason. <laughs> There's only opinion spoilers. I've been I've been uh, giving Tammy opinions for this for like what three months now. Ah, uh, yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah, you're not allowed to find out until you watch it. Okay, cool. Which means you have to watch it right after we record. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this week the episode is Now You're Mine, uh, written by Christian Taylor, directed by George Tillman Jr. As quick synopsis is in one bold move, a friend from his past puts Luke on the defensive. Misty in dire straits. And Harlem's safety in jeopardy. I couldn't read my notes then. And Harlem's safety in jeopardy. So uh, let's get into it. We start off straight where we finished with um, Harlem's paradise being destroyed. Tammy's crying because um, <laughs> uh, no one's ever going to see him there again. Uh, Luke is still protecting Misty behind the bar. Hmm? Spoiler. No one's going to see him again. Sorry, yeah. We got two episodes uh, left. No one's going to sing until Elton John sings in the last episode. It's pretty cool. I like how, um, I like how when like, they're behind the bar and Misty's like, just bust through the front door. We're like 10 feet away. He's like, I can't cover you from every angle. And then he proceeds to run to the back, which is yeah. fur- further than 10 feet away. And while the while people are firing hundreds of bullets at her and he's somehow covering her from every angle. Yeah, and she doesn't get shot at all. I know, it's amazing. <laughs> again, her legs just hanging out all over the place. And her head. Never... Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Look, it's it's look, it's villainy goon status 101. Yeah. You only sh- you only shoot center mass. You don't shoot for exposed arms, heads, or legs. True. And we have to destroy Luke Cage's shirt in every episode as quickly and as summarily as possible. He can no longer have a shirt that does not have holes in it. No, can't do it. I want to talk about the wallpaper in Harlem's Paradise in one of these scenes. Because I want this wallpaper because it's zebra print and it's amazing and I want it. Dude, it's Harlow's Paradise is a fabulous place. Can we just, I know, can we just say it's I fabulous? Know. It is fabulous. It's sad that it's cool not a real place. Shout out to Lauren Weeks. I know. Why can't we visit it? If we can visit the Great Hall from Harry Potter, because the Harry Potter Studio Tour, why can't we visit um, Harlow's Paradise? Because I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, Disney does own the Marvel Universe. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Man, that'd be an awesome ride. One of those like live action like go through rides. You know the the 4D rides. Like, can you imagine it being like the Marvel Universe? So good. Well, they're doing the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy ride, aren't they, at Disney? I think which I'm not happy about. 
I think yeah, it's, it's replacing yeah. Twilight Zone. Not Disney World yet. So. Good, good, good. Um, did you guys enjoy the fact that Shades, after all these episodes where we've had a character called Willis, Shades finally yes. makes a, a, a joke? I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> a very common joke. I did wonder what you would think about it, Matt and Matt. That was horrible. <laughs> yeah, I kind of... I kind of rolled my eyes so hard that I I fell into the ocean. But um, yeah. I did but like me, that, I... that Diamondback took off. Yeah, I... But you I love Diamondback as well. I have to agree. I don't know if I love Diamondback, no, but I love that line. I thought it was hilarious. I have to agree. I think that joke, I think that joke landed, and it landed hard for me. I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Like, it was... It, but then again, I'm also a person who loves really bad puns, so... <laughs> But it, oh, so good. And the, and the way he says it, it's almost like it, like obviously it was meant to be, you know, talking about, uh, you know, what you're talking about, Willis. But at the same time, he doesn't actually say it quite that way. And so it's almost like, it was almost like, did they mean to do it? They totally meant to do it, right? Because it wouldn't make sense if they did mean to do it. But, but it's yeah, and just if it was... different enough. Yeah, and if it was, and if they came out and say, yeah, he improv that line, it would it would fit into that. Genre. Oh, yeah. oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> if the Rossi just said it, and then oh, that would be great. Can yeah. we just say? Can we just say we're thankful that he survived his movie career to be in this because the only thing I knew him from before this was his very small and limited role in Cloverfield, and that movie is garbage. What's he in Cloverfield? I don't remember him in Cloverfield. Oh yeah, he's in. Yeah, if you if you watch the very beginning when the found footage part where the guy's going around talking about his friend and that one girl having sex, the first person he rolls up to is Shades. Nice. Shades is just shading around. Do you know who's always. holding the camera? Comedy. Fans? Oh, is it T.J. Miller? It is. <laughs> yeah, and the guy, the main guy in it, Rob. I think his name is, is in the little, um, Littlest uh, Hobo? Joss Whedon, sorry? Littlest Hobo? Is, no, he's in the, uh, I wish, he's in the little, um, Joss Whedon written film In Your Eyes, which Tammy and I have both agreed is, is enti- an entirely pleasant film. That's exactly right. That's what it is. It's just fine. Yeah. I think, and I and I think Shades made it out the best of all of them. I, I feel, I feel if you make it in a Marvel movie or a series, you're great. You're golden. Well, T.J. Miller's in uh, Deadpool. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, but that's Ryan. That's Ryan Reynolds' show. Like, well, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so they're making jokes, and or well, Shades is, and uh, Striker's not impressed, and. This is when we find out that he's got one Judas bullet left. And we think, oh, that's going to come into play in this episode. Nope, no, it doesn't. Um, I like that he compares uh, Cage, uh, Luke, Luke Cage to King Kong when he's running with Misty. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of things that Stryker says is great. I, I, think, I think his progression throughout the entire series to this point is wonderful. Like, I think... I, I love him as a villain. I think 
think he's super over the top. I think he's ridiculous and he's nuts. And I love it because it's a great counterpart to the I want to blend in. I want to just be a normal guy as much as I can attitude that Luke Cage has through most of this. And I think it it, it basically I think it's forcing Luke Cage to be like, look, I can't be normal. I've got impenetrable skin. That's not normal. And I think it helps him come into himself, especially in this episode where he takes a very, you know, he kind of uses his powers in a very proactive way. You know, he's punching through walls and doing all that good stuff. And Strike yeah. just going crazier and crazier. I'm Luke Cage. <laughs> I really thought he was going to do that again this episode. <laughs> he, he basically did. He was like, I'm going to be Luke Cage. I know, but he didn't say it. <laughs> he didn't actually like, go down. In his mind, he did. Bone. He crushed that guy's chest, and then he was like, I'm Luke Cage. <laughs> Loves it. He hates Luke, but he wants to be Luke. Hmm. Mm. You so know, Miss this... is... Oh, God, sorry. Oh, I was gonna say if this went any, if this went just a bit sideways, these two are just spouting, are spatting gay lovers though. Like, oh, well, not as much as Diamondback and uh, Shades later. I was oh, like, that, they're literally about to kiss. They're yeah. about to kiss. Well, oh, absolutely. He's a close talker, so he's gonna he's about to kiss everybody. Yeah. And he never raises his voice. That's one thing I love about Shades' character. Yeah. He never raises his voice. He's super manipulative and he's super intelligent and very cunning, but he does it in a very sub- subtle way. Like he gets his point across and he never has to raise his voice. But by God, does he take his shades on and off? Like I'm expecting him, <laughs> I'm expecting him to do something. Like he's either going to shoot laser beams or something, but he never does. Like he just takes, he them, takes on, them on and off more off. than David Caruso. absolutely so misty is like bleeding really heavily and so luke sticks her finger in the wound and i was like why Why? so this is when i start like chanting in my head chop the arm off chop the arm off chop the arm off because i want that arm to come off Look, she can't look, she can't get a robo arm just yet. Look, the the wall, look, they haven't jumped over the shark just yet in the Marvel universe. They've kept it reined in. But but Bucky has a robot arm, so just Coulson. Yeah, but but they're in the they're in the big broad Marvel universe where Thanos's purple people eater behind is going to show up at some point. But this is the same universe as the Hulk, the Netflix show. Therefore, robot arm a okay in my book. You know what? You know what? Yeah. If they give if they give me a Planet Hulk movie, you could make her a cyborg for all I it's care. It's coming! It's coming! Thor three is going to be Planet Hulk. Oh man! If it oh if it is oh gosh if it is this so, is my favorite Hulk comic. It, it's coming, Jason! It's coming! It's a coming thing. So <laughs> did anyone else get annoyed when Luke is about to? run with Misty, I think in the down the trapdoor he's gonna run with her somewhere. Oh no, I think it's when they're in the kitchen and then she's like, Tell me about Diamondback and he stops to tell her about Diamondback and I'm like, she's bleeding to death, Luke. Her finger is in her arm. <laughs> don't stop and tell her. Tell her as you're running down there. Like what don't don't stop and prop her up on the table while she's about to pass out. Well, you know, I have a problem with his medical treatment as well. Like, Luke Cage, you're super strong. You could make the tightest and most efficient tourniquet ever. He should make it so tight that her arm pops off. 
<laughs> and what would he be like? Oops. Like, yeah. Just, and he'd be like, you look better that way. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll give you some gold arm. Yeah. We'll give you we'll give you a robot arm and then you can fight supervillains like me. <laughs> I'm going to make you I'm sorry I popped your arm off. I'm going to make you a new golden robo arm out of these pots and pans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> oh, it'd be amazing. So, uh, did you guys notice that outside the club, it's uh, the reporter is Tembi, who we saw before when she was interrogating um, Murat. I liked that. I liked that she was back. Yep. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that was my note. Is I'm glad that she's watching everything that's going down. I think she's a very good reporter. So. <laughs> no, there's, there's, there's really good. Well, there's really good continuity throughout the entire series. Like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know if I go back and watch it with a fine-tooth comb, I'm pretty sure I'll find some some drop plot threads here or there, you know. But for the most part, whoever you see and does things in this series comes back and they do things and they have completed story arcs or at least, you know, capped off story arcs until, you know, to, to get us through till season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, da- like poor Damon Boone. <laughs> poor Damon Boone. Can we talk about him? He came back for sure. Or as as they as Diamondback calls him Diet Obama, which made me laugh yeah. out loud. That was great. Um, he came back and yeah, he got punched in the heart, Jessica Jones style. Um, yeah. So this is what like Ridley gets the call from him. He's under duress, obviously, and he's like, oh, it's it's all Luke Cage's fault. Stay away. Don't come here. But yeah, it's definitely Luke Cage's fault. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's how it's gonna be Luke Cage. He, he, he would he would have been better he would have been better off just not coming back. <laughs> you know what? That's, that's what he gets for coming. I mean, he purposely only went was at Harlem's Paradise to be in Mariah's face about what she's doing. Yep. So there, there you go. That's what you get, Damon. <laughs> that's what you get. You get a punch in the heart. That's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you guys since mm-hmm. I, since I'm the only one who's watched this all the way and we're you're about to wrap it up and there's only two episodes left. How do you guys feel about the villains in this series compared to Daredevil and Jessica Jones? I hate Striker. <laughs> I I love Mar- Mar- I would say Mariah is up there. My my three favorite villains: Mariah, Purple Man, and Kingpin. Striker, like the all the scenes with Striker and and uh, what do they call him, Diet Obama. Um, yeah, Diet Obama. Uh, those those were the most boring scenes I've seen in this series. So there's like, I've got no, they're not compelling. I've got no investment with these characters. And it's keep, just monologuing. Just, yeah, they just keep trying with Striker, but I'm like, I don't care. I don't like you. See, I liked, I liked when, I liked when they talked. I liked, I one, I liked Cottonmouth. Uh, Cottonmouth's dichotomy with his sister, like yeah. I, like I think that was well, yeah, cousin sister. Thing. Yeah, kind of like brother and sister, yeah. but yeah. Slash and I, and you know what? And it's oh, absolutely, and it's great <laughs> that it was weird like that because he was raised in a weird way. Like their yeah. flashbacks, I loved yeah. all the flashbacks. Like if I could get a, just a mini series, like a like a little like a couple episodes about. 
their guardian mother, the one who made Harlem's Paradise, like I'd watch every last second of it because she was brutal and awesome. And she's de- she's definitely the type of person you could have put in the same level as Kingpin. Maybe not as big because the Kingpin is well a Kingpin, but she's definitely a very brutal and swift and decisive villain. And you can see that in her as well. Mm-hmm. But, but I think like they they both had similar um, ideas and attitudes because Kingpin actually cared about his city too. He just wanted to be the one ruling it and thought that his his idea of the city was the right way to go about it. And so even if there was going to be all these drugs or all these gangs or whatever, as long as they were under his control, that everyone that needed to be safe would be safe. And that's how Mama Maple thought too. It was the same thing. Harlem was her city, her people. And as long as she ruled it, everyone that needed to be safe would be safe. Yeah, and if you worked and did your job, you would be safe yeah. as well. Like, yeah. and I really, and that's I think very present in how um, both Cottonmouth and Marie ran their ran their business. Even though I feel that I loved it when they showed how you know how Cottonmouth gets really upset when they talk about him and call him Cottonmouth, and then you see how you know when he was younger, he was kind of he was kind of wimpy, and he really wasn't into everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love it when. Um, his well, his not his father, but his like uncle or whatever was like, I don't think he's ready for this. And she goes, Well, he's a guy, he's a man. He better be. And he just sends him out there to go kill that guy. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> but you know, it speaks to how decisive and how swift both once Marie gets going, like she's like, there's no stopping her once she gets going. Like it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I I I don't want to get Diamondback. There's um, he hasn't done the thing yet that really just made me go. Oh, so I love I love Diamond. You might get more annoyed with him, Matt. I don't know. Oh jeez. <laughs> Sorry. So is it his is it his monologues and his weird pseudo religious speak that you don't like, or is it just the character in general? I I don't find him that interesting. I, I feel like I've seen this kind of character before in lots of things. I feel like the actor is doing his best. I've got no problems with the actor. Mm-hmm. It's all with the material. I just, I, I, it makes me want more Mariah and kind of, I wish, I, I like the fact that Cottonmouth was taken out when he was taken out because I think it was great for Mariah's character. But then I, I almost wish the series was a couple of episodes shorter. Like we like we said with a couple of you know the other series, if it was like trimmed a bit to maybe ten episodes, and then we could have had Cottonmouth taken out and the rest of the series development of Mariah's character. I just don't feel like I feel like um, they've made this link of Diamondback being Luke's brother, so it's another way of hitting him personally in the in the fields because he's impenetrable. You know, and I don't feel like it's needed. That's that's just me. Yeah, you know, and because then I wonder I, I, what they'll do in season two. Like, will someone appear and go, "I'm your sister"? Well, I think you know. I think when it comes to Diamondback, I definitely think I see what you guys mean because he is just kind of that rambling psycho, even though he's a little smarter and a lot more pointed and focused than that. But he. 
is that character. But I think I like that character compared to Luke Cage because Luke Cage is so controlled. Like, you never see Luke Cage lose control. Like, you never see, you never see the, you know, we all know Luke Cage could cause serious damage if he cut loose, but he never does. And I think that that juxtaposition between the two of them is what makes that such a good relationship. But as you were also saying, what are they going to do in season two? And that's why I think it's got to be, they're either going to have to do something with, well, crap, you're not there yet. Um, <laughs> Careful. I've got the sniper rifle on you right now, Jason. Whoa. Hey, that's a powerful, that's a, that's a powerful weapon. But no, um, you know, they'll have, they're definitely going to have to do something. It's going to have to be with, like, Jessica Jones, maybe, because, you know, in the comics, they are an item. They're an interracial married couple who have a kid. And one of the con- one of the conflicts they had in that relationship was Jessica Jones stopped being a superhero. She said, I'm a mother now, and we should stop. And if you read the – there's a comic where Iron Fist shows back up and him and Luke Cage um, team back up, and they're actually – Luke Cage has not been being a superhero for a while, and he's on the phone with Jessica, and she's like, you're not doing anything, are you? He's like, no, we just got to handle some things, and that's it, I'm, I'm coming home. And, and um, Iron Fist makes a joke about, you didn't, tell her, you didn't tell her I said hi, we're back together. You didn't tell her I said hi, he goes, we're not back together. And he's like, oh, come on, tell her I said hi. And he's like, look, we're doing this thing, and then I'm going home. I don't need to tell her I said hi. And he's like... You know, it's basically acting like they're getting the band back together. And Luke Cage is like, no, man, like, because on the other end of the phone, Jessica Jones is with their infant child. He's like, no, man, we're going to handle this thing, and we're gonna, I'm going to go home. And I think they've got to start playing with that because this dude's impenetrable. You can't kill him. You can't shoot him. I mean, they you need to set up a lot of relationships for that to happen. You need the relationship between him and Danny and the one between him and Jessica. Yeah, because that's how you give stakes with a guy who can't. Yeah. You, you can't. You can't shank Luke Cage. Like, yeah. You know, you know, Captain America: Civil War. We didn't see him get shot in the back of the head. <laughs> so obviously, you have to deal with other relationships and other things that can cause gravity in his yeah. in his peril. If not, he's you're going to be like, oh well, he's going to beat these guys up, and that's it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we'll have to see. I yeah. <laughs> um, I there was a bit in the scene with Damon Boone that made me laugh. Um, this time I watched it, and it's only because when Diamondback hands him his Bible of of crazy, or whatever extra crazy, um, and like Boone opens it and he starts kind of shaking, and it says in the subtitles that he's shuddering, and it's on the first page, and I just imagined he's like, oh god, highlighter pens, everything's highlighted, <laughs> and it just really made me laugh. He's totally weirded out there, yeah. Oh, you, wouldn't you be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, exactly. Like, also, it's like someone who, who doesn't drink and then was given straight-up scotch. Yeah. And I'm like, that can't be a delight at all. <laughs> I, I've had people say that to me when I've said, I don't drink. People have said to me, you do now, kind of jokingly. And I'm like, no, I, I still don't. Like, <laughs> sorry. I feel sorry for your liver not having the deliciousness that is scotch. Uh, I love scotch as well. I feel sorry for my liver not having scotch in it. <laughs> but good for now. I, I, yeah, no, I can't. Um, 
So we get the return of Candice as well. And luckily Claire's there to help her with her ankle and helps the one person that has info. Yeah. Yeah. Claire's very lucky in that way. She just goes right to the person that has information. I'm telling you, she is Jiminy Cricket. She is Luke conscious and she's a cricket, which means that she's lucky. Yeah. She's always in the right place at the right time. Dude, she's she's half of the, the Marvel... This this Marvel universe's well not this Marvel yeah this Marvel the Defender she's all of their conscience for the base for the most part like, yeah exactly like, like Daredevil's like I wanted to murder that guy so bad and she's like that's not a good thing and he's like I know thanks for talking to me and then Luke Cage is like man I wanted to pummel that guy's brains out and she's like um that's not heroic by the way just 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 let me know and he's like thanks. Like, I mean, what is she going to do to Iron Fist? Iron Fist is like, man, I wanted to karate chop the world. And she's like, mm, you know, you're not, that's, that's not the case. Like, she's just there to waggle the finger at them. When they I really would like angry. her to, in one episode, do something that's non-heroic. To be like, maybe I've gotten myself in a bit too deep, you know? Because at the moment in Luke Cage, I'm a bit like, she's like, yeah, I want to help superheroes. And I'm really badass. And we get it in this episode as well, where... I can take yeah. out shades and I can take out this guy. And I'm kind of like, I would like her at this point, three, four seasons, well, on her fourth season, because we have Daredevil season two, to be a bit like maybe she's got got herself in a bit too deep and actually backs off of, of stuff. Because that is, I think, something that would happen. Well, yeah. we've seen, we saw that a little bit in Daredevil. Um when she broke up with Matt Murdock. Well, no, she backed away from broke, breaking. She broke up with him, but she didn't break up from, oh, I'll, I'll help you out whenever you need, including, you know, quitting her job and all this kind of thing. She's still there when he needs her. That was more, she realized that Matt Murdock is like the worst boyfriend you can ever have. Um, so, you know, quite rightly decides not to date him because he, yeah, he's a terrible, terrible boyfriend. What is she going to do for money? Like, she wants to help these superheroes, but she doesn't have a job right now. I can't. I cannot wait. I'm sitting here just thinking of episode episode 13, and I'm like, oh, man. Just All right. Wait. I guess we'll, we'll talk about it then. then. Um, <laughs> um, I also like Candace passing out in this scene. She does really <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does good passing out. It's, it's funny. And like, right away, she like, just pass out, and she just does it. Yeah, she rolls. Like, her, I, she rolls her eyes back into her head. Like she didn't need to do that. Only Claire yeah, thought. Like, <laughs> all like when she does this, all I could think of was, oh, I've got the vapors, and she just yeah, falls right. over. Like, oh I man. Uh, we get the return of another character as well. We get the return of Blake Tower, which is like still the best name. Oh, yeah. that, is a, that is a porn star name, by the way. I'm just like, like <laughs> oh, I, I like him in this episode. I like the interaction between him and Ridley, even though we don't get much, because I like that he turns up and it's almost like, oh, he's the big bad guy, you know, what's happening. But he's actually like, I don't trust Mariah, and he says about the weapons on the street would be a uh, would be a bad idea. And also, obviously, that makes sense because he's seen all the stuff that happened with Punisher in Daredevil season two. Yeah. I like it. I like Man, it. He's, not a, he's, he's quite a you know morally gray character. Sadly, though, he but with all the 
grim death that comes in season two of Daredevil from Punisher. Like that dude should have some, he should, I, you know, you feel like he would be more open to this because I mean, he had like the Punisher wasn't pulling punches in season two. Like he blew guys heads off. Like, and in fact, he nearly tried to kill him. Like, so you, you, so you think he would have a more openness to, to actually using these weapons, but he's not. And I, I think that shows to his strength of character. Because well, yeah, I'd be very hesitant not to have some sort of protection on my side versus people with impenetrable skin and people who can shoot me through, you know, air vents and all kinds of absolute nonsense that the Punisher can pull. <laughs> also, we find out that he's been talking to the mayor and they've been keeping a close eye on Luke Cage. And I wonder if that's following the events of of Daredevil season two. It's not just because Luke's been in the news, but that like the mayor has almost got Blake as this guy on this, you know, it's like his little project. He's keeping an eye on the super powered people that they've been hearing about in New York in the last, you know, these new super powered people in the last couple of years. So like Jessica, um, the Punisher to an extent, I mean, he's a vigilante, he's not super powered, and also Daredevil. So if he's going to feature in the Defenders. Well, I mean, you also have to think in Jessica Jones, like, buildings got exploded. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they took out, like, I mean, wherever Luke Cage is gone has ended up in really bad situations. I mean, the bar that he owned in Jessica Jones was was blown up and leveled, like, part of that city block. Part of a city block is leveled in this. I mean, the collateral, yeah, the collateral damage. Yeah, the collateral damage that comes along with Luke Cage is far worse than Daredevil or uh, Je- or, or Jessica Jones so far. Like, I mean, yeah, Daredevil had an empty warehouse full of ninjas blow up, but that was about it. Like, uh, who cares a, about ninjas? He had a bare knuckle. He had a bare knuckle brawl in an alley with a dude in a suit. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, but no, but like they haven't really drawn the collateral damage in yet whereas mm. luke cage like luke cage has got some bodies sitting there man like i mean he's got he's he's he's, he's in di- like i know he wants to protect his city but at the same time like because they know he's impenetrable they have to do things far bigger than they would with you know daredevil or jessica jones but jessica jones can get shot like yeah you could you could put one in the back of her head luke cage mm. might get a concussion <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah. I, well, I think they. Not everyone believes that he is bulletproof, because Zip didn't really believe it until this episode, and then he's like, "Oh, it's all true," and all this kind yeah, of thing. They, they just assume all superheroes are bulletproof. That's why they need these these special Maybe. bullets. And like, who's a superhero? Like, like you said, is the Punisher a superhero? Like, if they see no. somebody, if they see somebody like a a gymnast doing a backflip, they'll be like, "Superpowers! Bang, bang, bang!" <laughs> well, I mean... They would freak well, out at the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you think about it though? Like Jessica Jones, she doesn't have a secret identity, but you know she's also very vulnerable. Luke Cage has no secret identity, but. How are you going to kill Luke Cage? And Daredevil, yeah, he's got a secret identity, but if you get enough dudes, you can beat him up. Like, it's just, you bring enough guys, you'll overpower him. You know, and no one knows about the Punisher. Like, the Punisher's just this dude who slings bullets. And 
So you don't know. And with the way he pulls off his shots and how much he has, like he could at this point, you could think he was super powered. You know what I'm saying? And then you also have people running around in the universe of Daredevil. Not yet, but in the cinematic universe, he got bullseye. I mean, yeah, well, I, I think I, I really think it's just because, like, we have police officers like this one that's talking to Ridley and wants to run in every five seconds. Oh, Those Chad. are the ones. Is that his name? Yes. Oh, OK. It looked, the cats agreed. Okay. <laughs> um, the one with the ESU vest on? That's oh, Chang. no, not him. No, oh, Chang's okay. one of the detectives. I don't know who this yeah, other yeah. guy is. Yeah, the, that's the cop that's, like, trying to overpower Ridley. Like, God, it's just, like, I don't like I don't like the way that they have her almost below, beneath him when he's talking to her. Anyway. <laughs> she puts him <laughs> in, in his place, me. doesn't she? She, uh, just saying that, you know, we just don't know what's going on. Like, she's so slow on things, but he just kind of wants to push past it and wants to run in every five minutes. And I don't, I don't think she's that strong of a character. I want her to be stronger because we see she's smart and she knows what's going on to an extent, or she's open to the idea of what's going on, but they don't make her very, to me, at least they don't make her a very strong character. Um, because at the end of the day, they do go in with those bullets. Yeah. Um, which is what they got. She, she kind of dismisses Misty quite a bit at the end of the episode. Yeah, and I and I know that part of it is because she does. I know she believes that Luke is innocent as well, but she doesn't have any proof. So, I mean, I, she's she's actually being a very good detective, but she's not to me being a very good leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and to That's have kind her, of her hands are tied, though, aren't they? Like. I don't know. It's hard I, I, when you're you're a leader, but you still have people above you. So you still yeah, have. But, you're, it's like you're in the middle. You're like sandwiched yeah, in the middle of the, the, these people that you want to please, and these people that you also want to please. And you can't. Yeah. Do that. I just think she lets everyone kind of walk all over her a little bit, and it's. I don't like it. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So in this scene, like with this guy wanting to go in every five minutes. Those, those are the are people, people that, you know, I, I would be concerned of having those Judas bullets. People yeah. like they are in, who are in charge, you know, they might actually make good decisions on determining whether we should use them or not or who to use them on. But, yeah, I mean, to your point, Matt, if someone like that cop had those bullets, he, yeah, he's going to shoot at everybody. He doesn't well, care. In their defense, in their defense, though, because of the the social statements are made with Luke Cage, oh, yeah. um, I think that is a little they they overblew that a little bit just to kind of drive that point home. Um, but also, when you look at the overall universe with the, the the Marvel universe, I mean, remember New York was besieged by aliens, and you had a giant Hulk smashing things. You had a you had a Norse god running around throwing hammers. Um, Captain America and his unbreakable shield. Iron Man running around. Iron Man threw a nuke into space. Uh, I mean, so so yeah, they're a little trigger happy. But then again, these are just normal people. It's I hate to I hate to cross the streams here, but it's like in Gotham when the normal police immediately shoot at Batman. Like, you know, you you kind of have to in that regard, right? Because like he's Batman and he's not a normal man. And in this world, these are basically gods running around, and they're not normal people, and they're going up against, or or at least juxtaposed against, you know, normal people. I mean, what else would a police officer do in the situation where he's faced with 
<laughs> what is he going to do with his face with, Luke, with not even Luke Cage? Like Jessica Jones? She's super strong and can freaking fly. Like, I mean, so. You know, I mean, not in this show. She just jumps really far. <laughs> yeah, God, that's so Smallville. If it's, oh, God, that reminds me of Smallville so bad. I, I, I still maintain she can fly. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think so, too, but that's not the way they make it look. In, in, yeah. Jessica, in Jessica Jones, did they do the whole where she's, like, sleeping and floats while she's sleeping thing? No. no. Oh, okay, thank God, because I would have thrown something. That would be a bit Sabrina the Teenage Witch, for my liking. They, they did it in Smallville. They totally did it in Smallville. Because like, they, in Smallville, they always said, oh, he's never going to be seen flying and never going to wear the cape, and then they had to... Tease it and tease it and tease it. And, uh, I still, I, I still wager that that show is mostly good. I think it's more like a seventy thirty split, but I think it's mostly good. I'm just, not, I'm not a Superman fan, so that's probably that you know is a big part of why I didn't enjoy the ones that I saw. All Star um, Superman, you got to check it out. He gets space cancer. <laughs> no, you, no, I, I, you, guys, you guys are I'm, laughing. I kid you not. He gets space cancer. Okay, and it's I'm gut. sorry. It's it's Didn't he get space cancer in uh, Superman Four: The Quest for Peace when he got scratched by Nuclear Man? You got a scratch I, I, and you got, in, you got infected with cancer? What? It looked no, like it. It looked like no, he was dying, you know, well, something. It was, it was actually, again, it was more social commentary. He was basically an alcoholic. Like, just, oh. Like, if you watch mm. that, he, he gets scratched by a nuclear man. And from that point on, he's just an asshole to everybody. And he's, like, drinking, and he's like drinking beer. And like no, beer. that's with the evil kryptonite in, uh, in Superman 3 with Richard Pryor. I know my Superman film. Oh, was, oh yeah, that's right. Of the character. Oh, that's right. He fought his he fought his evil twin. That's right. His evil twin. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Oh, yes. But no, like he I, I swear to god, he does get space cancer in All-Star Superman, but it's a really good story. It really really is. Like you should check it out. Uh, mm, mm. <laughs> Just it's I look, I mean, I know it's on the nose cuz it's space cancer. Everyone gets upset with cancer. But seriously though, it's really good. I, mm, I'm not convinced, but maybe I'll just nap. <laughs> she's like, she's like, look, I don't want to see him because he doesn't get shot and get holes in his shirt like Luke. Uh, exactly. Also, Superman sucks. <laughs> Sorry, but he does. I'm happy to say that. So, so Claire manages to like work her work her way out downstairs, obviously by talking to Candice, and does the old shaving a haircut on the wall and he's like you know knocking and then luke kind of bursts through the wall like the kool-aid man um which is kind of funny oh if he had just been like hey i would have lost it i would have just oh thanks now if he, if he ever bursts through the wall and just goes oh yeah i would die laughing <laughs> now, I, now, I, now i can't stop seeing it like if he was wearing like a red shirt at the time because he does wear a red shirt at one point yeah this needs to happen. It'll be amazing. I had a problem. I'm sure someone's done it. I had a problem with how uh, Claire took that guy out of the stairs. Uh, do you mean she broke his neck and he must be dead? <laughs> <laughs> no, she like 
they're going down the stairs and she's like, I'm just going to elbow you in the chest. And somehow that, like, knocked him down the stairs. She should have tripped him. Elbowing him in the chest would just would have made him go, he would have stopped and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you know, I, you know, at, having known people who are nurses, they are quite strong. Like, so she, 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 she could just making excuses, though. Just, they're quite strong. Come on. You should know hey. this. When, when he was, when he was lying at the bottom of those stairs, his neck, his head was at a very strange angle. And I was like, yeah, yeah he's dead. And then she's like, oh, you'll live. And I was like, yeah, but he's going to be paralyzed for life. Yeah. <laughs> She, you know, she is freakishly strong, though, for a nurse. I, I agree with you. She's She-Hulk. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, well, totally. you know, honestly, like, man, um, my great uncle was an albino, and he had nurses, and there was a lady, she was like five, I think five three, and he was around about six foot, six foot one, about 300-some plus pounds, and she could deadlift him into the bed. So, I mean, I wouldn't want her to elbow me going down some stairs in a hurry, because... I might fall, and then I'd be broken necked, and I'd no, be like, the well, elbow, great. The, the elbow is going into the front of your chest, <laughs> therefore pushing you backwards, not down the stairs. I mean, like he all, I know, all I know now there was, is that There I was, was some was bad, bad physics. physics. Yeah. <laughs> all I know now is that I want to see Claire deadlift, like, a full-on, like, 200-pound body. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it, Mel. I'll do it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Look, we've got. Look, we've got. We've got some editing. We, we can get this done. We can have it done. We can do. It'll, it'll. It'll be like those mannequin shots that people are doing, except it'll be her, like someone, one of us, laying on like a top of a wall, and it'll be her like crouching to like deadlift us. We can get this happen. We can get it going. But you'll have to cosplay a superhero. Oh, like like because I've never done that before. Yeah, <laughs> I do that all the time. Just once, once or twice, I heard. You know. So I want to ask you guys a question. In this episode, we get quite a bit of like when Luke leaves Claire with Misty when Miss, uh, Claire's working on Misty's arm, and they they hold hands, Luke and Claire, and he inadvertently tells her that he cares about her. What's your guys' reaction to this? <laughs> Newbies, yeah. I'm like, I, no. guess it, I guess it was inevitable. I have to. I, I don't like it. No. No, I don't think it's not necessary. You just, not every single woman has to get with Luke, you know? Mm. And also, not every, not every superhero has to get with Claire. And I know it's only been dead, everyone, and, and Luke so far, but I'm like, I don't want it to be that, like, she's some kind of cape chaser. You know what I mean? Like, she's going to have a thing with Danny as well. I'm like, mm, I don't like it. I, I can't talk about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> and and in, the, in the comics, they were married, which is no, why, you know, when, when Misty says, oh, you sound like you're married. But they do have, like, they do have good chemistry together. Like, I, I, I'm not going to knock that, but it's just, it's not necessary to make women always, like, be a love interest or, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just, oh god, I can't talk about this because you guys haven't seen the rest of the show. So I just, I just can't, I can't. Like, oh, you guys are dancing around so much. <laughs> no. So there was one, the one point where where Claire like so works on Misty's arm, 
with the dental floss, which ugh, gross. Yeah. But she says the longer this stays in, the higher the chance of losing your arm. I was like, oh, I hope, I hope you, you are s- for it a year. You are still on this amputation. Yeah. <laughs> I want that arm. I want that arm off. Watching this episode, I really thought it was gonna happen. <laughs> like, 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 I swear you're gonna be like, you should have, you should have put leeches on her, bleed her, like, anything to get that arm off. Like, I just... Luke should have been tying the tourniquet and sneeze, and then accidentally involuntarily like tightened it. That's when her arm popped off. <laughs> that's that's the most gruesome Three Stooges gag I've ever heard of. I would have loved it. It would have been great. Right. So, um, in one of the, the only bit I really liked in one of the scenes where, where you know, you guys were talking about with Diamondback like monologuing to um, to Luke over the PA, we find out that Stryker was a Prince fan, but Luke liked Michael Jackson. Why can't you like both? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, you know, I want to see like little little Luke Cage wearing like. A little Michael Jackson jacket and like the glove. Oh no! I want I want to see Stryker with the Prince uh, swirl in front and like some assless chaps. I also want to see Stryker like wearing panties on his head or something because that's. What oh, absolutely. <laughs> and and maybe that maybe that was Luke Cage's first experience with Prince, and he's like, I'm not gonna listen to that guy. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't this know is where we. <laughs> We get like we finally get like the backstory about this like what sort of why he hates Luke. Yeah. And it's because like they stole this car. Um, Willis got juvie, but Luke joined the Marines. And then I mean it's it, it's Willis's fault as well because he could have just gone well I'm gonna learn my lesson but like literally killed a guy two days later and then did hard time and it's like um you can't really blame him for that you and he's like i killed him in self-defense mm, but yeah but know? i think it was deeper than that i mean to it's me that story was definitely yeah. had, i mean it had very minimal to do with him going to jail and luke yeah. not going to jail that it was story is very edible it's very edible like oh yeah yeah and and but then again a common theme in superhero stuff somebody's got daddy issues and yep. And but you know, then again, I've seen this a lot growing up. Like I know, I've known a, quite a few people who have pastors or ministers for for parents, and they kind of live a dual life where they kind of have to keep up certain appearances, but at the same time, they just want to be kind of like a normal kid. And I think that is shown a little bit here. But except instead of it just being with his life in the church versus life outside of the church. He also has to stand up against what that guy wants his son to be in Luke Cage. And so he's getting it from like all sides. And then the I think the, the, the whole car thing is just kind of a, the icing on top of that cake. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, and, like, I, and the fact that like Dana died alone. Yeah, because like when he told that story, then I understood the character. Mm-hmm. I understood why he's crazy. And that's all he is. Because, like, yeah. I think he just continues to to think about this. And this is, I mean, the fact that he he does hate this man who was his father, but he carries around the Bible that that was the only thing he, he basically got. This man who treated his mom like shit and so she died alone and, you know, and 
she died at a time when he was in jail because the good son wasn't in jail. Like, all this stuff. Like, this is all this man thinks about. So, so this is, like, the turning point for me with Diamondback because I hated Diamondback. I hated I, – I liked his character. I didn't think he belonged in Luke Cage because mm. I like all of the CW stupid um, <laughs> uh, like Flash and Captain Cold and Ca- Captain Cold. Like I'm all about those goofy, goofy villains. Um, so you, you I mean all the beautiful people. You mean all, oh, the, all God, the- they're so amazing. I could watch them with the sound off all day. Um, but <laughs> so I so that to me that's who Diamondback was, and I was okay with that, but not in Luke Cage. But this, mm. to me, now That's makes sense. That's kind of how I feel as well. Yeah, but now this character makes sense to me. So now I'm okay with him. And it suits the world because, yeah, again... Yeah, now it makes sense for him to be here. And it makes sense of why he's after after Luke. And he doesn't just want to kill Luke. He wants to ruin everything about him. He because wants to ruin his reputation. He wants to kill the people around him. He wants Luke destroyed in every way possible, not just killing him, because he could have just killed him and been dead. Yeah, because if it succeeds, Luke Cage will end up dying alone and and spurned like like his mother was. Exactly. And it's rather poetic. But it also, again, this is, if you look at it another way, it's very petty. Because like like Claire said... But he's also a crazy person. (laughs) Oh, yeah, like, but like Claire said, he could have just gotten over it and lived his life to the fullest afterwards, but he didn't. And that speaks to the world Luke Cage resides in because he's a very grounded superhero. And I, I like that. Like this, yeah, all this mayhem and chaos and, and murder and blood is all based around basically you took the spot I felt I should have been in in my father's eyes and I'm going to pay you back for that. And, I mean, it's basically like, I know this was a comedy, but Step Brothers, right? Like, if Step Brothers was some, was some gritty, realistic movie, that's how this would turn out. Like, like one of Which the, one is which, kids, though? Like, oh, hmm. I don't like Will Ferrell, so I definitely got to say he's, co- he's, he's Diamondback. I can live with that. That's fine. Uh, what if it's choice of Will Ferrell or John C. Riley? I mean, John C. Riley, come on, he's awesome. <laughs> he's also he's Mr. Cellophane. I mean, come on. Exactly. So my favorite fight moment in this episode is probably when Luke is making his way upstairs, and this guy attacks him and sort of does some like martial arts moves, almost like a little ninja attacking him, and Luke catches him in midair and throws him away. <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> I love I love that trope. They did that in Indiana Jones and in Batman 1989. <laughs> yep, I love it. So great. It will never get old. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, I I think one of my gripes with this show is that the choreography for fight scenes is kind of it's in and out for me because I like that they have Luke Cage as kind of an untrained, kind of like very brutal fighter. 
but I feel like you could have they could have given it a little more style. Maybe not, you know, make him a martial artist or anything. But they like I've watched them do these very brutal, very guttural fight scenes in Daredevil. I mean, look at that one fight scene in Daredevil that goes the whole entire hallway, and it's just one long cut, and Daredevil's like throwing guys in and out of rooms, and he's going into doors, and he's getting so exhausted by the end of it, like. That's the kind of fighting I've expected in Luke Cage, and we get it on on occasion, and we're actually going to get a lot of it in the next two episodes for you guys. But I feel like it should have been more. Like I, I just, I just feel like it should have been more. But why would you do that? Why would you do that if you don't need to? If you got these powers, yeah. and you don't need to exert he's, he's the extra like effort. Yeah. And right now he's he's you know very focused on just getting to Diamondback so Diamondback doesn't kill people. So if they had made like this long fight scene to get to Diamondback, I think it would have been. I think we would have actually been complaining about that. Versus him just throwing people off to the side. And being My favorite done. move was when he slapped that guy upside the head. <laughs> when the uh, when the uh, he turned the power off in the club. I was, I was like, like oh, oh, that's when Daredevil yeah, should appear and, like, take all these guys out as well. <laughs> While it's in the dark. That would have been great. Hey, that would have been a great cameo, though, though right? Like, no, and then Luke, Luke's just like, oh, who the hell are you? He's like, oh, oh uh, uh, Claire oh, called me. Yeah, he's like, I'm a friend of Claire's. <laughs> uh, I completely skipped by uh, Boone getting killed with the punch to the chest and then being, his body being thrown out of the club. Oh, so gross. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, his ribs are like crap. Like his, his no, heart they, exploded. When they in his just chest like dangle him out the door and then just let him drop. What? <laughs> so gross. They should have like dangled him for a bit longer and gone, "Hey, it's me, Boone. I'm coming out." And they just thrown him. They're like, hey. <laughs> Although I, I, my only problem with that is how they look at the wound and they're like, "Oh my god." Luke Cage is the only one who could have done that. I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that would have looked like a handprint. Like, I mean, I, I don't think we would have seen knuckle prints or anything like that, especially when these are police officers and they deal with, you know, homicides and crime scenes all the time. Like, somebody's got to be like, man, that, that fist, that punch was like the size of a cantaloupe. I don't think Luke Cage's fist is that big. <laughs> Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty massive. Yeah, because that whole thing he's wearing, like, that's pretty big. Like, it's not super skin tight, like, the, or at least not the, the punching glove parts. So, I mean... His power glove. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. Oh, crap. Mm. So, him and, him and uh, Luke sort of have a little... A little standoff at the end where Diamondback's holding Candice over the balcony. Um, and then he's like, you know, it's kind of like a bit of a, a cliche from things. It's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to escape or are you going to save the girl or, you know, all choices? It's like, you know, the Riddler at the end of Batman Forever giving, um, giving Batman or in, um, Dark Knight, the Joker giving Batman, you know, which one are you going to save? Um, so obviously Luke catches Candace and then Diamondback shooting at him. Um, but yeah, the SWAT team comes in and they surround Luke. So Luke, we're in the episode with him getting arrested. 
Were you guys uh, surprised we didn't, we didn't that? talk about Shades also being tied up by... Um, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Shades gets taken out by... Uh, this is how badass Misty is as well. She's just been shot. She's got her artery, like, tied in a knot, and she's like, yeah, I can still take help take Shades out. Yeah. Well, well, Claire helped. It was, it was a, I think it was, it was a death Do you think if she wasn't injured, she could have taken him one-on-one? Oh, I yeah. Think so. Well, because they haven't made Shades Shades, because... Um, he needs those yeah, eye lasers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If he had his eye lasers, she would have lost. But since he's just a normal... He's a normal guy with some Beastie Boys sunglasses. He's um, just a shady dude, and that's it. Just shady, shady. That's it. That's all he is. He's a close-talking shady dude. Nobody likes those guys. FYI. Can we say about the moment at the very end of the episode where he's being led away? And he drops his shades and yes! Claire stomps on them. <laughs> I was like, that's so cheesy, but I loved it. It was great. Hey, it's, again, everything gets called back to, so I can't wait to see, hear you guys when you guys get to episode 13. Like, I can't wait. Like, I'm pretty sure because of what you said in this episode, I'm probably going to see some, like, someone's going to rage quit. Someone's going to rage quit the end of this show. Wow. Wow. <laughs> mm, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. So, what did you guys think of like the end of the episode with with Luke getting like arrested? Obviously, and everyone's the public kind of blaming him. They think he's this this thug, basically. But the public wasn't. They were all about him. They were like, oh no. But I mean, the the the, the impression that's being given to the public. I mean, his, his area, like um, Harlem, don't think he is. But I mean, I guess further abroad, they they probably do, like in the rest of New York, because they're getting that from the, uh, the media. Reporting it. Yeah, we don't know what Megan's reporting, so you know. Dude, it's again, it's it's. It's a part of the whole, like, I think I, when I first watched this, I talked about it on Facebook and Twitter. I said, I really, really love that they made this such a very socially conscious series. And they did it in a way that actually works with the character. Because in this instance, if Luke Cage wants to be the guy who protects his city and keeps his people out of harm's way, and he wants to be a you know on the ground superhero, so to speak, and not this highfalutin I'm out in space fighting aliens with Tony Stark kind of guy, um, he has to get arrested. Like he can't fight his way out or resist at that point because he'll, you know, he has to take his lumps. And even though he's, you know, being framed, he, he still has to take that pill. And I think it's great. I, and and even he, you know, even he says so. Like he even he he and you know Missy and everybody basically say you know like we this is what has to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was okay with him being arrested because I think. Well, first of all, with two episodes left, it wouldn't make any sense to shoot him up with a bunch of Judas bullets inside of Harlem Par- Harlem's Paradise. Um, but I just think from a character standpoint, I can't see him like trying to bust out of there by himself. And he did know they had Judas bullets as well, so because of course uh, Stryker couldn't keep that to himself. So yeah, so everything exactly. So he, you know, so it wouldn't have made sense for him to try and and escape 
So it, I don't know if I agree with him going to jail or not, but from a story standpoint, it was probably the only thing they could have done. Yeah. And Ridley obviously is all about like just trying to find out the full story. So she's gonna <laughs> she's gotta interview him and do whatever. And, and Misty's like, no, whatever you're gonna do to my arm, you have to do it here. I'm not going to the ambulance. And I'm like. Cut it off. <laughs> of course. I can't. I can't. When it if it happens in season two or season three, like I just I I want to be the fly on the wall when you watch that episode. Like I've never wanted an amputation more in my life for a character than I do for Misty Knight. Like, like no I've never wanted myself. someone to be amputated more than exactly. And, it, and the worst part is it's not even out of like I hate that character. It's no, I, love, I love that. It's character. out of love. How <laughs> pure love for her. Oh, it'll anyway. it'll only make you better. The robot arm will only make you better. Okay, it's a robot arm. Okay, so should we have some Oh god, she's gonna be Will Smith from iRobot. Oh, don't don't talk to me about that film. It's terrible. Mm. Oh Will Smith. Oh. Anyway, anyway, should we do some Easter eggs? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's not actually Easter eggs, is it? It's Christmas candy. So let's do some Christmas candy. Okay. So when Diamondback throws Candice off the balcony, he says, "Bye, Felicia." Uh, Tammy, yeah, you, you do you know that, know that quote? quote? Yeah, isn't that from Friday? It is. It is. <laughs> Why did that catch oh, on? I don't know, but I mean, like, they even have it in Straight Outta Compton. Like, the guy, which is Ice Cube's real life son, playing Ice Cube, says "Bye, Felicia" in it. I've seen the clip. It's just he just says "Bye, Felicia." Why is that? Why is well, that yeah, a meme? Yeah, that character is like. So annoying. So anytime you have someone annoying, that's why you say it. It's right. if, Have you watched the movie before? <laughs> Once, many years ago. Okay. Yeah, you know, I I agree with him. I don't understand how how Friday has gotten so this this it's got like this, a resurgence is what yeah, it's, it's got. Gotten. It's got this insane cult following, and I don't get it because it's literally just a black Cheech and Chong movie. Like. I just, <laughs> I enjoy Cheech and Chong, and I also enjoy Friday. <laughs> <laughs> the only movie Chris Tucker isn't annoying in because he's supposed to be annoying. Yeah, he's annoying in everything. <laughs> except as oh. Ruby, Ruby Rod, because he's fantastic. <laughs> oh, he. Me and you gotta have words. Are you bad mouthing? Are you bad mouthing the Fifth Element and Ruby? I'm Rod? not bad mouthing the movie. I'm bad mouthing him in the movie. I love everything else about it. Oh, he's amazing. It's, it's, it's my favorite role by him. Absolutely favorite role. Oh. <laughs> oh, it just, I remember watching that, that movie um, with uh, an ex-boyfriend of mine, and I was just sitting there, and I was like, I feel like, like Chris Tucker's performance in this film is going to make me simultaneously have a panic attack and a psychotic break. I was like, I, I cannot handle, I cannot handle him in this film. That's hilarious. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm okay. glad that you didn't have either of those. Well, no, not that I know of. I might have had the psychotic break. It would explain a lot. 
<laughs> be wishing amputations on people. Exactly. <laughs> and saying it's from love. Exactly. It is from love. So, uh, Easter egg two, one of Diamondback's goons uh, says the line about Claire, escort the night nurse downstairs. And of course... Blatant pandering. Kind of the night nurse. I don't oh, know why you would call her night nurse. It's very strange, but yeah. I screamed. I screamed and yelled and hooped and hollered. I was dancing. I was, I was, I was, my teeth were chicklets. I was having a great time. Chicklet teeth. Like, seriously, like... <laughs> My, my, I was, my, I was sitting with Jen, my co-host, and she, I was like, did you hear that? Oh my God, they did it. Ah! And I was like running around and she's like, what in the hell is wrong with you? And I, I go, I explain it to her and I'm all excited. And she goes, that's it. Oh, I'm like, yeah, 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 that's it. And she goes, God, you're such a nerd. <laughs> so that that scene was made for me and all my fellows. I was I'm happy with that scene. My um, my friend, um, not my my friend, sorry, my sister had the exact same reaction to me when I explained to her my reaction to my favorite moment in Rogue One, which I won't say, and how excited I was in the cinema and how much I was laughing. And I told her, and she just went. I don't get it. I think it's a geeky thing. Was it the Hmm? moment when Vader made the pun? Yes, of course it was. (laughs) That was that. That was my favorite scene of that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, the entire internet is in a rage over that. It it was hilarious. Also, I love the fact that that Rogue One um, is just full of of salty bitch droids. Because it's just, like, Alan Tudyk's droid was just a salty bitch, and I love it. And, and like, bitter old queens, because you had, like, Grand Moff Tarkin and then the guy played by Ben Mendelsohn. I can't remember his name. And I was like, they, they, they've clearly fucked in the past. Come on. <laughs> and they were just now a pair of bitter old bitches, and I loved it. Right. I, I have issues with Rogue One. I, I do, I, and it's all based on pacing and character development. Oh yeah, definitely. The, the really slow first hour. Um, and then and everything finishes up in like a blink of an eye. Like I just I just have I have issues with the pacing, but for the most part, I I like it. I do like it. I don't have a problem with the CGI. I don't have the problem with the CGI. Although it is kind of Peter Cushing is kind of creepy, but I I liked it. It's good. Yeah. Um, and that was all the Easter eggs, Christmas candy slash stuff. There you go. Enjoy. Wasn't that many? It's getting less and less the, the episodes go on, according to Dennis Duke. Well, you know, they don't have things like in, uh, what was it, Jessica Jones, where she goes to the morgue and she gets, they can just make a list of people's names. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they have a lot of, they have a lot of, uh, sort of trivia in this i mean this show like so many to do with the history of new york and music that's why we have tammy which is great um you know so it's just like these strokes relating to other stuff really but oh, oh obviously they mentioned the punisher as well in this episode but we already talked about that um yeah, it's time for serious i can't wait for it uh Thank God you died on The Walking Dead so you wouldn't be drunk through the mud of that crap show and you give me the punish you give me the punisher and shoot people in the face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know if well, we'll have to see. So now it's time for quotes. 
I have loads for this episode. Jason, do you have any? Though you are a special guest, you get to go first. Um, man, ah, this is gonna be kind of hard. I, I guess, I guess it's gonna be have to be every, anytime, anytime uh, Diamondback calls him. Um, was it? Was it uh, the the broke Obama? I think it was. was it? <laughs> The Diet Obama. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Diet Obama. Yeah. Anytime he refers to him as Diet Obama, it amuses me greatly. <laughs> um, Tammy. Uh, I like, uh, I have a lot too, Claire. <laughs> like, but, um, I like sugars. Hey, sit your fine ass down. <laughs> Is that what you say to, uh, to Dan every day? Every day. <laughs> Melanie. Tammy stole my quote. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I should have... Yeah. If I had more, I should let you go first. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. Don't worry about it. I'll just no, do it I'll... again. I'll just do it again. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, it's so good that it's worth saying, hey, sit your fine ass down again. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you can also say that quote if you like. <laughs> oh yeah. wait, I did have another quote. Sorry, it was like buried in my doodles. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> in your labradoodles. I do. <laughs> and I, Jesus, I hope to God nobody said this already because I was like half like spacing out there. But <laughs> I don't. I don't drink. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so creepy. It is. Mm. Uh, Matthew. Uh, this is from Zip. They barricaded the door and shit. <laughs> I love that one. Oh, Zip. Zip looks like such a dum dum. <laughs> oh, I had uh, I had one between Luke and Diamondback, which was, I was sorry to hear about Dana. I always liked her. I couldn't stand Dana. What a bitch. I was like, calm down, Diamondback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had one of his during that that uh, back and forth too, where he said, "Couldn't you have died during childbirth?" Yeah, wasn't that awful? <laughs> oh my goodness! I laughed so hard. <laughs> my other See, one I had was uh, the bonding between Claire and Misty, where they're like, "My father, my uncle," and they kind of laugh like afterwards. That's funny. Dude, I, I I don't think I'm brought I don't, I don't I didn't bring it up, but God, the jive talk that's thrown in here every so often, like oh yeah, oh, it makes me I'm it makes me so happy, like it's just because <laughs> oh, I'm a big fan of things like Black Dynamite and old black exploitation oh, black films. Oh, Black Dynamite's amazing, yeah. So like so when he goes so when so like Matt says when he's like when he's like they barricaded the door and shit, like it just oh it makes me giggle, like it just oh it's great. <laughs> <laughs> or like when Zip just stops shooting at Luke because he goes, he's bulletproof, ain't he? <laughs> yeah. Right, now it's time for feedback. We've got a really long email from our former co-host, Robin. He's actually sent in feedback for the next three episodes. Uh, so I think because he's caught up with us. Um, we might want to take it in turns because it is very long. But who wants to go first? You should have just done a voicemail. I know. Rude, Robin. 
Uh, well, Melanie, you've got to save your voice for the special message from Sedna, obviously. Oh, well, I don't care. I can read twice. <laughs> oh, my God, that is long. Jeez, do you want to Do you want to read a bit? <laughs> okay. Let's all take... Then when, you, when you run out of breath, let us know. <clears throat> hey, guys. <laughs> now that I'm finally ahead of you, thanks, wife, I can actually write in some feedback. This show was really slow and plotting during Cottonmouth's reign with so much back and forth with how I disagree. Badly, with I how badly Cornell was going to kill Luke and Luke not wanting to be the hero of Harlem. Then Mariah took a microphone stand to that plot, and at this point I wonder if any of those extended conversations between Cornell and Mar- Mariah really mattered. Maybe they were to serve Mariah's character, but I don't feel much empathy for her at all. Yeah, that's that's true, that's the only like semblance of meaning they have would be for her mm-hmm. character anymore. Like he's dead, so why do we learn all about his backstory? I guess it's for her. Also, his death enabled Luke to be framed. Exactly. Yeah. That could, have, that could have been anybody's death though. Um, and then they could brought have been the death of Misty's arm. Yeah. <laughs> and then they brought in Diamondback, who is so lackluster and boring compared to Cottonmouth. When Shade spent so much time trying to make everyone afraid of him when talking to Cornell. His biggest move, killing a cop in front of a bunch of people and yelling, Luke Cage! (laughs) To set up the most ridiculous frame job in television history. I was laughing so hard at that. Then they try to deepen him by shoehorning in his family connection, which is such hackneyed bullshit. My mama slept with your daddy and now I circle Bible verses or some shit because daddy liked you better or whatever. <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> sure I got the family stuff right because my eyes glazed over when they tried to flesh it out. Who cares? Agreed. Uh, I feel like we're in season two of this show. Did did Marashala Ali need to step away to make Moonlight? This is not the show I started watching at the beginning. Either Ali had to step away or... These writers lost interest in the story they were already padding out as... They, they all, I think they always um, know how many episodes they've got an actor for in their contract, because it was the same with, like, Ben Urich in season one of Daredevil, in that it was always the plan that he was going to um, not go past season one. So it's, uh, it must have always been their plan that, Di- um, that Cottonmouth was going to get killed when they were making, um, you know, the plan for this season. Yeah, that's what I think, too. I don't think it had anything to do with the actor. Yeah, and then they probably could get Mahershala because he had the availability for, say, the, the however many episodes rather than, um, you know, the full series. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I also think it gave, again, I think it gave some gravitas because, again, Cottonmouth is a pretty central character and to have him just taken out and not just like oh it's a comic book death where he could come back no that dude's freaking dead and by mariah yeah yeah i think i think it was i think it was a pretty good death actually yeah yeah me too yeah in front of his biggie smalls painting uh he says what the hell happened this cannot be what they originally planned either that or this writer's room has no idea how to tell a 13 episode story all right want to tag out anyone (laughs) Um, I will give give some credit credit to to Now You're Mine. As As terrible a villain as Diamondback is, he somehow blundered his way into a classic diehard situation in Harlem's Paradise, Paradise, and I can get behind that. that. 
We had a bit of action, which I'm so thankful for when they happen. Luckily, there was a trapdoor in the kitchen that showed up for this episode, so we had somewhere for Luke to hide with Misty, who, by the way, is a pale reflection of the character we started with in this season. The sassy cop who has who was super cool, got overbearing and annoying after Diamondback got the drop on her. Some thug holds a gun on you and you suddenly develop PTSD? Maybe you do need to hand in your badge. I am praying she loses her arm so she can get turned into a cyborg because she needs something better to do than be constantly upstaged by Marvel, Netflix, Mary Sue, Claire Temple. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Not me. Robin, Robin said it. Said just so everyone. Wow. <laughs> I don't think. I, I don't think it was just um, Diamondback holding a gun on her, and I don't think she had PTSD. Um, I think it was the death of Scarf and finding out that he betrayed the whole force, but basically, in particular, her as well. And I think that it came up again, like because she's so conflicted with that loss. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I, I meant I meant to mention earlier as well when she said that line. Sorry, in this episode. I, oh, I, I, yeah, that was amazingly done. Where I'm looking for it, where she said something like, "I don't want to bleed to death on the floor like Scarf." Oh, that was so good. That was a really well, good. Yeah. And also, when it comes to that situation, it wasn't just because he took the gun. He had her on her knees, and she was basically about to get her brains blown all over the floor. And as we know from Diamondback, Diamondback doesn't really have a moral code not to. So basically, she she came face to face with her own mortality and her own death, and it would have been at the hands of her own weapon. So it, 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 it was a lot more to it, I feel, than just losing her weapon. Like... Not only, not only was she overpowered by someone who isn't like a super, he's not a superhero, he's not Luke Cage. This is just a normal man, and he literally took everything from her and was going to waste her with it. And at that point, she would have basically died in a very terrible fashion, just like her, her partner, but, you know, in a little different way. And then she makes that comment about how she doesn't want to bleed to death on the floor. Which shows that she's still very messed up and very confused. Oh, yeah. yeah. This has only yeah. been like, like, like how long a, in a couple, time? A like, like days? a couple days? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think she's got PTSD. I think she's just, it's just grieving still, and I think she's yeah. fresh. Left. And I think she's probably in shock, but not PTSD. And I think that she should not be working. But I've already said that. Oh, well, yeah. And I mean, as a. You know, as a guy who's in the military, you make very tight and very familial bonds with the people you're in service with, especially when you deploy and you go through things. And as two detectives on the police force, when they have to deal with homicides, you get that same bond. And when he, you know, he betrayed everything like that's that's like, you know, like. That's all her trust and all her feelings for him as a close-knit friend. Like it's also her trust in the police force, which is her, what she does for a living, because, you know, she doesn't know who to trust now because anyone could be corrupt because this guy she completely trusted turned out to be corrupt. Yeah, and he yeah, wasn't he corrupt in just a little way either. Like, it was, it was bad. <laughs> he was in real deep. Like, I mean, the only thing could have been worse is if he worked for Kingpin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
All right, uh, let's see. Okay. This show needs to deliver in the last two episodes. At this point, it's just meandering. I can't imagine what it's like to watch one a week. I'm truly sorry for the newbies. I mean, honestly, is it satisfying to just defeat Diamondback at the end? What else needs to be resolved? Is Luke going to have a fist fight with Mariah Dillard? Oh, my God, that'd be hilarious. Okay, you know what? Let's just have a two-part court case where Matt Murdock represents Luke in court, and then they both bring a civil suit down on Mariah. Then Luke fights Diamondback, uh, breaks, breaks his stupid power glove, and then breaks his stupid face. The end. <laughs> and, except not the end of the email sorry guys and, <laughs> and where the heck is jessica jones it's on the news that luke cage is holding a nightclub full of hostages and our girl doesn't kick in the back door of that place to find out what's going on i guess really? showed up yep the memorable memorable cameo we all needed um fyi nobody apparently is on social media or watches the news there uh as we learned from previous also i don't i don't think she would i don't think she would necessarily show up because because, as we know know, she's she's got got like a ton ton of cases cases of herself like of her own because of uh, the way the show ended and also they're not in a relationship well that shot him so i feel like he's just laying low also and also she killed his first wife. Exactly. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers if you ain't seen Jessica Jones. But I don't think she wants to like they're not having they're not having aggressive bed breaking wall busting sex anymore because Unfortunately. He, <laughs> oh, you ain't kidding. But but she killed that dude's wife. And I understand that it was because of David Tennant's delicious voice, but still. <laughs> but still, that takes some healing, okay? Like, like, you just don't get over that, even if it was a super villain. Like, I, I, I think that would be super weird if Jessica Jones showed up in the show. And shotgun to the face. Yeah, yep. Ironclad, nope. <laughs> I'm not coming to save you anytime soon. Uh, let's see. Please, people behind Luke Cage, give Mike Coulter a better story in season two. I love the atmosphere, the music, the city of Harlem, so many of the characters. At the beginning of the season, at the beginning of the season, if we can't have that back in the second season, you need to just team him and Iron Fist up already and make it a Heroes for Hire show, because a Luke Cage solo story is not getting what it deserves. Hopefully my email wasn't as long and drawn out as the season has been. Excelsior! The only thing I can say about Luke Cage this episode, though, is like because Diamondback is so over the top, it does make Luke Cage kind of look like a sad sack. But anyway, he's a very stoic character. Yeah, I know, but like it really, to me, this episode really demonstrated it. And it was like, Luke, well. Well, also, again, the social commentary they're doing makes Luke very introspective, and they, they use instances around him to kind of point out, you know, why he's got such turmoil. I mean, look at the look at the look at the whole you know bulletproof love episode with Sway and Tech and Method Man, right? Like. Luke Cage doesn't talk about that incident. Method Man does, and the city does, and the city is the ones who. Uh, I don't know what episode you're talking about, Jason. I don't know what episode you're talking about either. It must be it must be an, an episode in another show, Jason. That, that, that hasn't happened yet. 
<laughs> don't worry. worry. Don't worry. Just, just edit okay. it. Edit it. Edit it. <laughs> ah, I've instantly, it. I've instantly forgotten what you were talking about. Anyways, so don't worry. <laughs> ah, see, this is this is the problem. I watch. Ah, I I love Netflix because I can binge things and. <laughs> The reason why I love this show is because of the social commentary, and it's hard for me to not, especially since I totally forgot that that's after this. My bad. Um, I'm glad I did. Man, I'm glad I didn't ask about that cop then. Whew. <laughs> I love it. No, I've had questions this whole time, and I keep asking myself like. Was it this, was this was this before or after? I feel like, like Claire might have a beating to do after this episode. After I finish recording. <laughs> only only if I get an awesome robot arm. <laughs> I don't have to be beaten. I have a sniper rifle. <laughs> but no, like it's it's his introspection is definitely why he's such a good character because again I think Luke Cage has yelled what maybe twice in this show, like gotten actually like vocally angry. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a good aspect, especially when he's got chatterbox McGee, uh, Diamondback <laughs> over there. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. Well, we have one more piece of feedback and it's time for me to say Melanie. Yes, Claire. I have sent it over to you. It's from Sedna. Oh, you thought Robin's was long. This one isn't that long, is it? Or is it? Oh, wait, wait. Oh, no, it's not. I was just still on, I was still on Robin's. <laughs> oh, it's so long. We have two more, two more in the inbox. You know what? Just I've long read longer. Two weeks. <laughs> I've read longer than this on Hooplecast, so this okay. is nothing. <laughs> um, all right, from Sedna. Only shades can get away with different strokes, jokes with Diamondback. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon hearing what you talk about, Willis, several times every day is what turned him psycho in the first place. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah. That's all he heard in prison. He's just like, (laughs) Yeah, he was probably like beating the crap out of people every day because they were calling him that. (laughs) Um, Died Obama. Lucky Luke knows Lucky Luciano's Luciano's, sorry, Luciano's trapdoor to the prohibition tunnels from his dishwashing days. Somehow kept secret from them upstairs. That's not quite as much a fluke as Foggy's secret subterranean knowledge from DDS2, I reckon. <laughs> Which is actually, I have to say, I rewatched um, uh, Mockingjay uh, Part 2 um, the other day with my sister. And, and Foggy, Foggy is in that, and he also he has, has knowledge about subterranean about tunnels. <laughs> what the hell? It's just an Elder Nelson <laughs> thing, maybe. Yeah. <sighs> those movies, those movies are so bad. So <laughs> My bad. sister had never seen the last one, so I was like, yeah, we can watch it. My favorite, my favorite part of that is when they're like, oh, supplies from heaven, explosion. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god, Diamondback's Bible annotated like a madman. Creepy as fuck. First time Claire's been called Night Nurse, yay! <laughs> and here's Blake, here's Blake Tower with a slightly irrelevant crossover cameo. Oh my god, Luke could have caused Misty to lose her arm. 
Now Claire's trying uh, tying off the artery with dental floss. Maybe she'll get the robot prosthetic after all. I know, right? Mm. Yeah, she was probably like hoping just as hard as you were, Claire. Oh, right. absolutely. <laughs> are you guys sure? Are you guys sure you guys aren't like side characters from the universe of the Seven movie? Because like you guys are <laughs> wanting her to get dismembered so bad. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Cenobite in real life. <laughs> Uh, where am I? Mm, ah, <laughs> finally, some respect between our fave cop and nurse. Please let them be pals. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Diamondback helpfully fills in some of his and Luke's beef backstory to Boone <laughs> over the intercom before he finishes him finishes him off with his power fist, power glove. I love Claire and Misty kicking Shades' ass, and then Claire crushing his sunglasses underfoot outside. Oh my god, her face so badass! <laughs> Thank you, Sessna. Yes. So now it's time to rate the episode, and Jason, you can go first. Um, I would give, I would definitely, I would have to give it, because I don't think it's as strong as some of the earlier episodes, like when Cottonmouth met his demise. Um, but I would definitely have to give this, like, 7 out of 10, or maybe 7 holy sweatshirts out of, you know, 10. <laughs> nice. Uh, Tammy Tam. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't liked the last couple because of Diamondback, but I actually, um, enjoy. well, I can't say I enjoyed, but I understood his character better uh, this episode. And so now the other episodes, I can say, um, I wish I had done that earlier. So that way I would have liked more of them. Um, I like that Misty almost got her arm amputated only because you guys want it so bad. So it was really for you. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I like, I like this episode. So I'll give it eight out of 10. Um, Oh, I don't know. Bye, Felicia's. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm still not enjoying these episodes as much as the previous, or as the first quarter, first half of the season. Yeah. Can't really put my finger on why exactly. Just the not as engaged. Don't like the villain as much. I say this in the past few episodes. Same, same reasons. Uh, seven out of ten. What is, what is this rating? This rating's from a, uh, a week ago. Uh, <laughs> oh, so they had some line about bullets sticking to him. Oh, so, yeah. So yeah. I put 7 out of 10 sticky bullets. <laughs> uh, Mel. Yeah, I'm going to do... Uh, I feel about the same as everybody. It's like it's like it's an okay episode, but it's could have been better, I guess. I still... I, Kind of, I, I did like the backstory with Stryker and stuff, like him talking about it. Like, I agree with Tammy, it kind of explains his character a lot better. So, yeah, I'll give it a 7 out of 10 favorite Bible verses. <laughs> Which one, though? They're all his favorite. They're all classics. Um, <laughs> and I think I'm going to go for 7 out of 10 as well, because pretty much for the same reasons, yeah, you guys gave, um... There's some good stuff. Uh, if Misty had lost that arm, it would have been 10 out of 10. Um, so I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 amputation wishes. What, what if, 
you know, if she ever does lose the arm, she's not going to get a robot arm. We're just going to have she an will. amputee. Will. We're just going to no, have an no. amputee in the show. No, she's going to have a robot arm. She's gonna, she's gonna lose an arm, and Claire's gonna be like, "I will show you the meaning of pain." She's gonna get like exactly. coming out of her skull. She's gonna beat people up with her stump. <laughs> she would do it as well. I know. <laughs> what, is, what is she, old man Logan? <laughs> okay, so uh, Jason, thank you so much for coming on and waiting a week until you came on. Um, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at JG underscore Banks or at my podcast, uh, the at Nerdy To Me podcast. That's the number two. Um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdy to me and uh, our website at uh, talknerdytomepodcast.com. That is all with the number two. Awesome. Like Prince. <laughs> Lovely co host. Have you been up to anything exciting this week? Matt has. Ooh, Matt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. video game podcast. Matt is wrong about games. Uh, Hooplecast. We reviewed Tales from the Crypt and nice. some sort of weird after-school special show with Callista Flockhart and Ben Affleck. Uh, <laughs> I need to listen to this. <laughs> that sounds amazing, by the way. I need to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Twin Peaks podcast. <laughs> Or what about your Shenmue podcast? No one knows what Shenmue is. <laughs> Shenmue AM2 podcast. Oh, he doesn't agree with you. I know I what know. Shenmue is. Yeah, 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 but do you enjoy it? I do, actually. I okay, do. well, listen to the Shenmue AM2 podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, and obviously, Tammy, you have been up to recording about Quantum Leap with me. At Kanabuchi Fashion Cast. I say about Quantum Leap, 90% about the fashions, 10% about the plot. Thus, it's called Kanabuchi Fashion Cast. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, awesome. So, next week, guys, we have the episode Soliloquy of Chaos. Predictions? It's going to be like one of those Shakespeare in the Park. <laughs> <laughs> Chaos is going to play a, a sold-out show in the derelict uh, Harlem's Paradise. Well, it's going to be like a Shakespeare play instead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is the music moment I was saying Tammy would enjoy. Yeah. So you are correct. Oh, it's going to be only soliloquies, only Shakespeare soliloquies. I I'm def I, I I think I said this when I was on last time, but I'm definitely gonna write in feedback for the last episode. It is just gonna be me going. So, who was pissed off? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I really feel like I, I'm telling you, I really think some of them are gonna rage quit. Like they're gonna be so mad. <laughs> we shall see. We got two more. Well, we got another week. Two weeks until then. Uh, Jason, do you want to take us out with a sweet Christmas or a Excelsior? Um, hmm. I gotta say sweet Christmas. It, well, it's, it's very apt as well, you know, it is the season. So, and a sweet Christmas to, to all of our listeners. Aww. And a, a uh, Lukey New Year. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> A bullet-riddled oh. New Year. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, it's a. I need another. I need another shirt. New Year. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Defenders Podcast or on Twitter at Defenders Pod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!